I want to talk about uh, Satan as an accuser. Amen. And how Satan tries to accuse us. Amen. And the per- our purpose and our defense. Amen. Uh, the one thing you got to remember about Satan, I want to read a few things to you uh, here in a minute. Uh, we're we're going to get into the word here. Um, I believe, open your Bible to Zechariah, Zechariah chapter three, and and, and I want to say this to you. Uh, Why do Christians so often feel defeated and don't know why they feel that way? You ever feel defeated as a believer? And sometimes you don't know why you feel defeated. I mean, you just consistently, you feel defeat. And and here's the other question. Why do Christians so readily fall away? They feel worthless. They feel unworthy. Another question. Why do we feel so miserable at times and undone? I don't know if you're hearing me. Amen. You don't feel like reading your Bible. Have you ever been there? You don't feel like praying. You, 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 You keep seeing things happening in your life and you're wondering, why does it keep happening to me? Come on, y'all. I want to tell you this, that you are a target. Amen. And Satan is an accuser. The one thing you got to understand is that when Satan accuses you before God, you got to make sure that his information is not right about you. Come on, help me somebody. Amen. Now, we are all sinners and we all fall short. But oftentimes what Satan will do is that he will try to bring guilt and cause you to feel like you're not worthy. Hallelujah. Of being called a Christian or even living the life that you are. Zechariah chapter 3 gives us an insight here. Amen. Zechariah chapter 3. Let's look at it for a minute. Uh, let's back up to chapter 12, chapter 2, verse 12. It says, the Lord was what? The Lord will what? Possess Judah as his portion in the Holy Land and will again choose Jerusalem. Be silent, all flesh, before the Lord, for he is what? Aroused from his holy habitation. Verse, chapter 3, verse 1. It says, then he showed me who? Zechariah is having a vision. God is showing him some stuff prophetically, right? And look what it says. And then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before who? The angel of the Lord. And what was going on next? And what? And Satan was standing at what? Doing what? Huh? I'm just trying to figure out Hold on a minute. Here we have a heavenly scene. We have Joshua, the high priest. Watch this. Here's the thing you got to know about the preacher. He's always going to be stand. The devil is always going to be standing against the preacher. Hello, somebody. Amen. As he stands before God to make intercession for you. Hello, somebody. I want to tell you, don't be surprised. Amen. When you see certain things happen in your life. Some of these things that's going on in your life is a direct result of the enemy accusing you. Hello, somebody. Before God. Now, think about this. 
Satan knows that you're covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. As a saved person, right? He knows this. He knows that when you go into the world, there will be temptation. And the stronger you become in God's word, the more you're able to handle the temptations and the trials that come in your life. But the one thing that Satan, the other strategy that Satan, I'll show you here in a minute. This is Joshua, look at Job, okay? Joshua now is standing, he is the high priest, the text says, and before the angel of the Lord and Satan. So it tells us certain things about Satan. That he does have access. Listen, don't be ignorant to the fact that Satan is real. And may I say something else? He's the one doing the accusing. Amen. And then he puts the guilt on you because the information that he has, that the Holy Spirit has revealed to you about yourself may be right. Come on, somebody. But God gives us the Holy Spirit so that we don't have to continue to live a life, watch this, practicing the things that we're not supposed to be practicing so that we can stand before God, watch this, holy and blameless and right. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Amen. Verse 2 says, the Lord, then the Lord, this is, I'm going to back up for a minute. The Lord, and he stand, he, Satan was standing at his what? Right hand to do what? Accuse him. Amen. Now, could it be that Joshua had done some stuff? <laughs> Amen. Can I tell you something? Satan will never give up his pursuit of your life. I wish I had somebody hear me this morning. He will never give up, but you ought not to get so, watch this, uh, so obsessed with him where you miss your savior who can, watch this, who can help you through some of the toughest days of your life. Do I have a witness? Amen. Listen to this. Could it be uh, we often listen to a voice within us telling us that we're no good? Come on, somebody. That we're unworthy, that we're worthless. Come on, somebody. That we're unable. I don't know about you, but I hear these words sometimes. Amen. I hear it. Amen. So, so we feel like, then when we hear these words, we feel like, why try? If, if every time I try, come on, somebody and help me. Could it be, uh, we don't even recognize the slanderous voice of the enemy who's seeking to bring us down. The beautiful thing about it is, yes, he may be standing at the right hand, but we have someone who's standing at the right hand. Amen. We have someone and his name is who? Jesus. Don't ever underestimate, but, but listen, those voices that you hear about yourself, amen, may be the voice of the enemy. Isn't that amazing how we entertain those thoughts? Come on, anybody with me this morning? Amen. We entertain those thoughts and those words about ourselves, but you have to begin to, how did Jesus handle the temptation when he was in the wilderness? It is written. So we have the what? The word of God. Listen, listen, let me, let me say this to you. 
whenever you're destined for something great, and I'm talking about greatness, I'm not talking about just average. Amen. You become a high target. Why do you think Satan is trying to take some of us out? Why do you think he keeps you replaying, I'm not worthy? I'm not good enough. Amen. I'm not smart enough. I don't think I could ever do that. Come on, somebody. Amen. Have you read the scriptures? I I can do all things through who does what? Who does what? I can do all things. There's nothing that is impossible for the believer. I believe that. But we get into, sometimes we allow the enemy to come in. And we talked about that this week. He comes in through different mediums and different medias. Come on, somebody. And then we're sitting here looking at everybody else. on. You know what I found out about Facebook? True story. I had someone talk to me about an issue. And then the next day, they go on Facebook. Oh, life is just great. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So, so what we do is we paint a picture that everything is okay. But when we come offline, come on, somebody, we're dealing with these voices. Amen. I would, you can't even be real on Facebook or Instagram or whatever you, whatever social media platforms on Snapchat or whatever people are using today. You find what I'm saying? Point is, we need a platform to make us, make us a new us. Come on, somebody. While the enemy is accusing us before God. But I love what the text says. What the text say? What does it say in the next verse? What what did the Lord say to Satan, y'all? Huh? The Lord what? The Lord, you can't rebuke Satan, but the Lord can. Amen. Let me say this. Satan's purpose is to bring an indictment on you. Are you with me? Satan wants you to feel guilty. And guess what he does? He works at it. And he keeps working at it. He wants you to experience regret, shame, remorse, but not repentance. Lord, have mercy. You hear what I said? He wants you to experience what? Regret? Remorse, hello somebody, but not what? Shame, but not repentance. Because he understands that if you repent, you're right back right with God. You understand what I'm saying? And some of us are replaying stuff in our minds. In our minds, we keep replaying it. Can I tell you something? He wants to keep accusing you and, and watch this, that you might not focus on God, but you may focus on the offense or whatever the situation is. Look what he says. The Lord what? The Lord rebuke you who? Now here he's mentioned as Satan. Other places he's mentioned as the devil. Other places he's mentioned as Beelzebub. Amen. Oh yeah, there are a lot of different names for Satan. And you got to understand that if you don't have a strategy, (laughs) Satan works on his strategy. 
Do you not know that? He works on his strategy. This is, this is, this is, do you know self-defeat is one of the greatest weapons of the enemy? Amen. Doubt. Talking to yourself. Feeling like, man, I'm, man, I'm. If you talk, you, 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 how many of you ever talk yourself out of going somewhere? <laughs> you were all hyped, right? But then you just start talking. Oh, well, you know what? Nah, you know, yeah, maybe too much traffic. Or, you know, you know, only two people going to be there. Or whatever, you know, you know, just, you know, and you never know what you're missing. You may have missed your blessing. Do you follow what I'm saying? Look what he says. The Lord rebuke you who? Satan. The Lord rebuke you, say he said it what? He said it how many times? Did he say it two times or three times? He said how many times? The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord said to Satan, Lord rebuke you, Satan. Indeed, the Lord who has what? Huh? The Lord who has what? Okay, so I want you to put this in the context of your life. Amen. That we are chosen. And the enemy will always come against the chosen. Come on, somebody. What you the, the, the Bible says we are a chosen generation. Uh-huh. A, a, a royal priesthood. Come on, somebody. A people set apart for God's work. But the thing about it, saints, is that the enemy will always try to bring accusations against your own heart. He's not going to bring it through people. He's going to bring it within you. That's the hardest person to help. Hello, somebody. When you're constantly walking around saying, man, I'm not good enough. Man, I don't feel worthy enough. I keep messing up. Every time I mess up, you know what I mean? It seems like I'm further. And, and one of the things we talked about this week is Satan will have you to feel like you're not worthy enough to return to God. But I want to tell you something. Grace and mercy. And the cross of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. That's the reason why he died, y'all. So that we would, amen, have a constant access to him. Are you with me? Amen. So so look what he says. He says, uh, the Lord rebuke. Indeed, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a what? Brand plucked what? From the fire? Now look what it says in verse 3. Now Joshua was clothed with what? And standing before who? Amen. Let me say this to you. Amen. it's, it's, It's real important that you understand, amen, that all of our righteousness is but a what? And it's only because of the blood of Jesus Christ that we are set free. But when we stand before God... We know that we have issues. We know that there are times where we fall short, but don't you stay there. Hallelujah to his holy name. Let me say this. Uh, Satan wants to keep accusing us and that you might focus your thoughts and attention on yourself and your sins. Amen. You might fall into uh, into despair and just give up. Just do you know how many people give up the faith? Amen. And once Satan has worked overtime on you, 
and you decide that that's why he says, Paul says, fight the good fight to Timothy. Finish what you started. And a lot of us have a lot of incomplete projects in our lives. Amen. That the enemy just keeps coming and he keeps accusing you, keep telling you, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You don't have enough resources. You don't have enough help. You're doing this all by yourself. Nobody's going to help you. What if, what if, what if, what if you trusted God? Come on, somebody. What if you relied on God? Come on and help me, will you? Amen. Listen to this. As long as you, you are feeling guilty, you are under the indictment. Hello, somebody. And you are moving further and further away from the Lord. See, Satan wants to keep you in a place of guilt. Amen. Listen to this. He does not want you to put your eyes on Jesus. Go to Hebrews chapter 12 for me. Hebrews chapter 12. And let's look at this right quick. Hebrews chapter 12, somebody read for me verse 1. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. All right, all right, all right. Whenever you see therefore, you ask yourself a question. Was it there for? So you go back to chapter 11 and you find the what? The context. Now, let me give you the context in a, let me summarize it. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 talks about what? Faith, right? Shows us the hall of faith, uh, show the, shows us the, the heroes of the faith, all right? And it shows us how to walk by faith. That's the three H's, all right? Then we come to verse 39, and what does it say, Sister Alicia? Go ahead. How did they gain approval? Through their faith. So a lot of this stuff we got to accept by faith. And that's what I've been preaching about at 10 o'clock. Go for it, right? A lot of what we got to do is we got to accept it by faith. We don't see it, but we got to what? Believe it. Just like we got to believe that Jesus is at the right hand, just like Satan is at the right hand trying to accuse, uh, uh, bring accusations against us. We know that, listen, Jesus has already won that place. So you, he, 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 he don't, he ain't got no place up there in heaven. You see, he, he gets permission. Come on, somebody. I wish I had some time here. Read for me. All right, keep reading. 12 verse 1. All right, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, people who have walked by faith. Listen, you, you, you know what? I want to say, today it's hard to find good examples. Seriously, it really is. I mean, you know, I'm talking about people who are going to tell you the truth about what they've been dealing with. And then come out victoriously and give God glory from it. See, we give credit to a lot of other things. You know, my ability, my strength, my this, my that. But not giving glory to God. 
Right? And so that's why it's so important to testify about what you've been through because somebody else can learn from it. And what he's saying here in the passage, amen, is that God, listen, we have a cloud of witnesses that we see in scripture who have made it by faith. Amen. And that's what we got to do as believers. We got to what? Walk by faith. You, you, you may not understand why you're going through. You may not understand how to go through. But if you lean on your faith and look at how others have made it through. Come on. Help me, will you? Amen. Then you can overcome also. Amen. Read for me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let, let me tell you what an encumbrance is in the Greek. It's a weight. It's something that's weighing you down. It's wrapped up to you and it's weighing you down. See, here's the thing. You don't want to give Satan extra ammunition on you, do you? Don't give him more evidence than he already has. He's, listen, he's a bad investigator, you know. <laughs> Amen. Because he keeps forgetting about your defense attorney. Y'all ain't hearing here. Amen. Jesus is taller than Johnny Cochran. You hear what I'm saying? Amen. Come on with me. Come on. Come on. Read with me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh huh. Hold on one sec. Got a question. Go ahead. All right. Okay. All right. Hold on one second. Let me let me get it, and I'll let you know because I want to be right. All right. Uh, encumbrance, like I said. It, it could be a stronghold, but, but it has the idea of something that's bulky. Something that you keep carrying around. That, that, well, that's what the, Hebrew, the Greek word is. Encumbrance means a bulk, a weight of stuff, a whole bunch of stuff. So when I say it's a stronghold, it could, a stronghold could be tucked in there somehow that's causing you not to let off the weight. You see what I'm saying? Baggage. Exactly. You follow what I'm saying? So you got to be careful that he says you got to lay aside, amen, the bulk, the baggage, the whatever it is that's, you know what I'm saying? But some people have a stronghold where they can't let go of the baggage. Hello, somebody. And watch this. The baggage, listen, when you think about yourself without a cigarette or when you think yourself, yourself without a weed or when you think about yourself without, yeah, oh, I'm telling the truth. Y'all, y'all act like y'all saved all your lives. Shoot. Amen. When you find, you know what I mean? Well, listen, we are addicts by nature. Come on, y'all. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Amen. We, we can say we love Jesus all we want. Some of you are addicted to food. A whole lot of food. Uh, some of you, you know what I mean? We all got something we're addicted to. Coffee. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, right? But we, you, you know, but he says, if you find that this thing is causing you to be weighed down to the point where you can't get up in the morning, where you can't function in life, where you feel like, and, and listen, the baggage could be your thoughts. As I said earlier, I'm not good enough and you keep, I'm not worthy. It's the guilt is what's really weighing you down. 
Amen. The guilt. Guilt is a, let me tell you something about guilt. Guilt is a, is, is a serious thing. But God has given us a conscience where we can communicate, amen, and understand the guilt. Amen. If you see me coming, you got to hide, that's guilt. <laughs> Y'all ain't trying. You know, sometimes I walk up to people's cars and they, I put my head in their window like this. You, and I start, so I got a good little smelling nose, you know what I mean? And, you know, you smell the cigarettes and the weed and the whatever it is that's, in, that's been in there. You follow what I'm saying? And then they look, got to go, Pastor. <laughs> you know what I mean? They put the window up real fast. You know what I mean? They, you know, that's guilt. <laughs> you remember when you were young and you saw your mama coming? Do you remember when your mama left and said, I'll be back? And then it all heck broke loose. And then she showed up. When, come on, somebody. she showed up early. Lord have mercy. Amen. We tore up that house, man. And she would show up early on purpose. Lord have mercy. Amen. Come on, somebody. So, so notice the difference, right? You, you, you see, if we think that everything is sin, but he says encumbrance and the sin. You, you got to catch the text. You see what I'm saying? Whatever though that bulk is, whatever that baggage is, right? And then the sin, because the encumbrances may be fueling the see, see what I'm saying? And, and so you don't think it's bad because it's just an encumbrance and you think it's not sin, but it's actually sin in disguise. Lord have mercy. You catch where I'm going with that? It's disguising itself, and then you think, oh, I'm okay. I'm all right. It's all right. I can do it one more time. Amen. To the man. Come on, let's go. Now, now notice this. It says, it, it, it tells us something. It tells, the text is so telling. Because just when you think you can handle it, he, it says it easily. <laughs> it's it easily. Listen, that one thought can say, I ain't going to church today. Because I don't feel worthy because of where I was last night. Lord have mercy. Come on now, come on now, come on now. Amen. It can easily entangle you. Sin is so easy to wrap you up. You follow what I'm saying? That, that it comes in and you're like, man, how, how did I end up here? See, look what it says. It's so easily entangles. Go ahead. See, that's what the problem is. The enemy wants you to get out the race. He wants to knock you off. Listen, he wants to easily, he wants to trip you up. That's what that word entangle means. I mean, you got tripped up lately. <laughs> Amen. You done got, you done tripped up over some stuff. Right? And he's saying, man, how in the world I was running this? Come on, somebody. I was running this race. I was doing well. How many was doing well? You were, listen, you thought you were untouchable. Come on, somebody. You were faster than everybody. You were ahead of the class. Come on, somebody. Amen. You were doing well. You got your income tax. You got all that. You, you were doing everything. <laughs> listen, you were living good. And then all of a sudden, no, you start slowing down. 
because you got tripped up. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You got tripped up. You were delivered for a long time. But you got what? You got what? Because that one time you said, nah, I could do this. I, I could do this. That one time got you tripped up. And guess what you stopped doing? You stopped running the race that's set before you and you start looking back at what you used to have. See, you can't run forward looking backwards. Listen, what you lost, you were supposed to lose. Hello, somebody. I'm going to say one more time. What you lost, you were supposed to lose. And the reason why you were supposed to lose it, because guess what? It was in tank. Oh, Lord have mercy. God knows what to take out of your life so that you can run the race. What does he say next? Verse 2. See, I can't get far with y'all. Y'all be messing with me. Verse 2. Lord have mercy. Fixing what? That's what the problem is. See, we're so concerned about looking that we lose focus on him. Can I say something to you? If you keep looking at yourself, you will forever see flaws. But if you put your eyes on Jesus, he will give you the lens to see past your flaws. Your flaws. See what I'm saying? Keep your eyes fixed on him and don't become so consumed with what the enemy is doing. Seriously, like we know the enemy's strategy, but we won't fix our eyes on Jesus. I'm getting ready to talk about that 10. Listen to this. Yeah, I'm going to say it now. After every, after every major miracle, after every major teaching that Jesus taught, he put them in the storm. Why would he do that? And, and, and after ever, and in every storm, the issue was their eyes. Lord have mercy. They did, they couldn't, listen, fear and anxiety and worry and doubt and the boats filling up with water and we don't know what to do. And, and I'm saying, Jesus is on the boat, man. <laughs> what the world are you tripping for? But, but listen, a lot of us like to do stuff. We, we, oh, and then, then the men, the men use their little, the men use their little thing. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I'm a man. I got to provide for my family. No, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And guess what? He'll show you a way out. That's who he is. See, we want to get involved in, in the miracle. You can't get involved in the miracle. Come here, Abraham and Sarah. Come on, y'all. God says, I'll give you a child. And what happened? (laughs) They couldn't wait long enough. Lord have mercy. I'm trying to help somebody. Listen, they couldn't wait long enough, so they produced their own miracle. That's not a miracle. Amen. That's a mess. Amen. And because even today, that the consequences of that mistake... And that mess is causing all kinds of hell now in Israel. Do you not know you can change the course of your life with one bad decision? Hello, somebody. Look what he said. One bad decision. And listen, and and we're talking about a life. You got to live with that. 
You got to live with your baby mama. You got to, you know, you got to live with all that, all that stuff. Listen, Abram had to live with the baby mama and then it was the wife's idea. How jacked up is that? The Bible is crazy to me sometimes because I'd be like, if I was God, I wouldn't put all this stuff in here. Because God, because like, people want to think that God, like, like God is just, you know, he, he does not allow stuff. But listen, people have asked me a lot, Pastor, what about David? And what about that? God is showing us that even with our flaws, we need him. Listen where I'm going with this. We need him. And the moment you think you don't need him anymore, that's when you fall for the traps of the enemy. Look what he says. Fixing our eyes on who? Jesus. The what? And what? Perfecter of our faith. Who for the what? Uh-huh. Despising what? Keep going. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Satan got put out. <laughs> he was sitting at the right hand accusing Joshua. But Jesus now has taken that place. So can I ask you a question? If you have someone who you know that you know that you know is where they need to be in order to help you, why wouldn't you fix your eyes on him? Oftentimes we take our eyes off of him because we are looking at the problem more than we're looking at him. See? Look what he says. He says, who has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Look at verse 3. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord have mercy. He says, why? So that we would not lose heart. And what? Why do we grow so weary, y'all? When we have one that sits at the what? I know I got one minute. Sits at the what? At the right hand of God. And because he sits at the right hand of God, I have access to him. Come on. When Job, when Satan, listen, when Satan accused Job before God, God says, oh yeah, that's my man. He was recommended by God for the test. You with me? See, here's the thing. Can God recommend you for the test? And can I say this to you? A lot of what you're facing from the enemy, it's God's opportunity for you to give him glory. To prove that Satan is not more powerful than Jesus Christ who paid the price. Look, look at the words. If you look at the words here, so that you will not grow what? Weary. You know what that word weary means in the Greek? The word means to become sick. You know you can become so weary where you become sick. And he says, when the enemy accuses you, fix your eyes. Strip off those encumbrances. Lay aside the sin. Stop feeling guilty. Stop saying words like, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I, I, you know, stop, stop speaking to yourself in such a way 
where you're not seeing what God is trying to do through you and in you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise.